0: Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at This is episode 129 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Easter Sunday morning, April 17th, 2022. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Now, I have condemned the Arkansas Supreme Court decision saying school districts can force mask children, no matter what their parents say, for as long as they want to. My opponent, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, hasn't said a word two and a half days later. Details coming up on today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious. The last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes. We must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you would like to support what we do, go to our website, com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, if you would like to support what I'm doing as the only conservative running for governor of Arkansas, that's really easy, too. Go to our website, electdocwashburn.com. That's where you can either contribute financially or volunteer or do both. By the way, I've noticed that Sarah Huckabee Sanders' campaign is begging for volunteers to go knock on doors. Apparently, not enough people are interested in her actual candidacy, not enough people actually in Arkansas. She spends so much time outside the state. Whereas we have hundreds of volunteers that will soon begin doing exactly that, knocking on doors, making phone calls, etc., etc. And they can't wait. They're chomping at the bit. You know, if you got one candidate that can't find many volunteers, you have another candidate who has hundreds of volunteers. Do you think that might say anything about how the primary will turn out May 24th? Nah, that's crazy, Doc. Come on, man. Come on. I think it just might. I think we're going to win this thing. Okay. I um, want to say thank you very much to my friend Clinton Looper. We had a meeting with him and his at his uh, hunting lodge with a bunch of folks today up on Highway 7 in Newton County. And after we left there, after we left there, we had a great time. We went to Jasper, Arkansas. And we had lunch at the... uh, the Ozark Cafe in Jasper, Arkansas, everybody was fantastic. Everybody was so nice there. But before we went there, we went to the Cliff House Inn on Highway 7. That's where they had the uh, Arkansas Grand Canyon, the deepest gorge in Arkansas. And we still weren't ready for lunch. We, we'd had lunch at the at the hunting lunch. We weren't ready to eat anything. Boy, that restaurant there, the Cliff House Inn. Looked fantastic. But we got some pictures there of the Arkansas um, Grand Canyon, and we bought a bunch of jellies and jams and preserves and stuff. That was fantastic. We felt like we were home because on the front door of the Cliff House Inn, there was an announcement that Jan Morgan's going to be there for a meet-and-greet on um, on April uh April 20th. So we knew these were our people, but I'll tell you what, there are people also at the uh, Ozark Cafe in Jasper, Arkansas. Had a great time today. All right, let me tell you, let me tell you what's coming up. What is coming up next? Uh, Monday evening, April 18th, The meet and greet at the Pig and Chick in Sherwood. Pig and Chick Barbecue, Monday evening, April 18th, 6 o'clock. Coming up uh, Tuesday evening, April 19th, it's the Lawrence County Republican Party, uh, and we're going to be meeting at a Mexican restaurant, La La Pieto Mexican Restaurant. And Walnut Bridge, Walnut Ridge, pardon me, Walnut Ridge. Tuesday evening, 6 p.m., April 19th. Coming up Wednesday evening, April 20th, it's a meet and greet with the Washington County folks. Meet and greet in Washington County at the Prairie Grove. Battlefield State Park, that is Wednesday evening, um, April 20th. Then, coming up uh, Thursday, the 21st, man, a lot of stuff going on there. We're going to be meeting with the uh, Hot Springs Village Republican Women Thursday morning at 10 a.m., Then Thursday at 2.45 in the afternoon, the Day of Debates, the uh, Arkansas Press Association doing that down at the the old train station down on Markham, close to downtown. Of course, Sarah's not going to be there. I'm going to be there. The Democrats are going to be there. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but I'll be there as if I was debating Sarah. So that sounds like a lot of fun. Thursday evening, the 21st, going to be at the Drew County Republican Committee at the Monticello Country Club, Monticello, Arkansas. Hey, I'm the anti-Sarah. I'm going everywhere she isn't. No, she does photo ops. You can pay her, and she'll let you get your picture taken with her. But she's not going to go out and shake hands with people and actually answer questions. She's not up to it. She proves that on a regular. Friday Friday evening, 6.30, April 22nd, the uh, meet-and-greet spaghetti dinner at the Prim Fire and EMS Station in Prim, Arkansas. I can't wait. Never been there. Looking forward to it. Okay, uh, Saturday the 23rd, I'll be speaking at the Freedom Rally at the state capitol at 10 o'clock in the morning, Saturday, April 23rd. Going to try to get out of there in time to speak at the 4th District Republican Party meeting um, in Arkadelphia, Arkadelphia Recreation Center. Getting down there as quickly as we can. Then back up to the Cleburne County Republican Women Club political stomping at three o'clock clock Saturday afternoon, April twenty third. Last but not least, at six p.m. Saturday evening, April twenty third, dinner at the Bentley's Restaurant, Bentley's Restaurant in Greers Ferry. So we got a lot of stuff going on. I'm doing what Sarah isn't. You know what? And whenever I introduce myself to folks, I say, "Hey, I'm Doc Washburn." Running for governor as a Republican, unlike my opponent, Sarah, I actually answer questions, which is why I'm here and she's not. That's right. Look, I run into all kinds of people on the campaign trail. I run into Jan Morgan on a regular basis, who is challenging Senator Bozeman for the United States Senate, Run into uh, Jason Rapert and Judge Joseph Woods and Doyle Webb, all of whom are running for the Republican nomination for Lieutenant Governor. I run into um, current Secretary of State John Thurston and his challenger in Republican primary, Eddie Joe Williams. I run into Leon Jones Jr., who is running for Republican nomination for Attorney General. I ran into all kinds of folks and always local candidates, you know, who are running for uh, JP, uh, Run into Gunnar DeLay, who is running for a Supreme Court judge against an incumbent liberal in the Supreme Court, Arkansas. But I don't run into Sarah Huckabee Sanders because she doesn't want to be where people can actually ask her questions about issues that matter to people. She don't want to be anywhere around that. I don't think that's going to bode well for her on primary day, May 24th, because I'm going all over the state meeting with whoever will have me. I want to say thank you also to Leland and Rita, the owners of the uh, Ward Country Dance Hall in Ward, Arkansas, I was there Friday evening. I've been there since I last spoke with you. I want to say thank you so much also to Shane Ingebrecht and the folks of the Conway County Republican Party monthly meeting where we spoke in Moralton on Thursday evening. Everywhere I go, I tell people, unlike my opponent, I will actually Answer questions. That's why I'm here, and she isn't. And everywhere I go, people tell me, "Well, I was supporting Sarah, but now that I've heard you, we're voting for you, man." Absolutely, positively, no way around it. So, let me uh, let me share with you our statement my statement, my press release about the Arkansas Supreme Court and the mask mandate, and then we're going to dig into it and we're going to talk about some stuff that's actually in their decision that came down Thursday morning that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is terrified to talk about. No, because if she criticizes the mask mandate, and some of her liberal donors are going to be really upset with her. And I guarantee you, Walmart and Tyson and Chamber of Commerce are going to be upset with her. So she can't take a stand on this. You know, it's just like I was talking to somebody. Was it today or last night? I don't know. I, I, I'm i just going, going, going. But somebody went, I think it was maybe last night at the country dance hall in Ward, Arkansas. I was talking about Aza Hutchinson. Vetoing the bill to make it against the law to chemically castrate children. Which, by the way, when he did that, he aligned himself with Planned Parenthood. You can call him pro-life all you want to, but he's not. Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood offers transgender services. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't just kill babies. They ruin the lives of children that are already born. So somebody said, well, what was Sarah's position on that? I'm like, she doesn't have one. She doesn't dare say. She can't. Well, gee, Doc, you going to challenge her to a debate? <laughs> Look, I've said it once. I've said it 100 times. I would be delighted to debate Sarah Huckabee Sanders. But there's no point in challenging her because when you know that she can't afford to, there are too many issues she can't address, too many things she can't talk about, too many questions she can't answer. Hey, Sarah, you believe the uh, election was stolen from Trump? You don't? Well, then you're going to lose the primary. You do? Then why did you endorse French Hill for re-election, U.S. House of Representatives, and John Bozeman for re-election, U.S. Senate, when they say it's ridiculous to suggest the election was stolen? hey, 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 Sarah you believe the election was stolen, why are you fundraising with your good buddy Mike Pence who stabbed Trump and the rest of us in the back on January 6th, 2021? She can't debate me. She can't do it. There's no way in the world her handlers would allow her to debate me. I don't care how much of a lead I rack up in their internal polling. She cannot afford to debate me. Trust me on this. Trust me on this. Hey, Sarah, prove me wrong. (laughs) Here's the press release that we came out with the same day, that afternoon, Thursday afternoon. This is what Sarah is silent on, silent Sarah. The Arkansas Supreme Court just ruled that school districts can force mask your children. In their statement, They essentially say that the school knows what is best for your children and that their authority supersedes yours as parents. The Arkansas Supreme Court will not protect your kids, but I will. On day one of the Washburn administration, I will issue an executive order preventing any school from forcing anyone to wear a mask. Students, parents, teachers, anyone. This executive order will immediately be followed by legislation reflecting the same, which we are already working with lawyers and legislators to draft. We must protect the fundamental, God-given, and constitutional rights of our My opponent has repeatedly proven that she will allow woke corporations and school and school districts to run roughshod over your rights. I will end that on day one by returning power to you, the people of Arkansas. You don't need a school or employer making decisions for you or your children. You are capable of making your own medical decisions. I'm Doc Washburn, the conservative Republican candidate for governor of Arkansas, and I will stand behind your right to decide what is best for you and your family. Now, I cut a video saying that Thursday afternoon. We got almost ten thousand views of that one video. We have other videos that have more views. I think we're going to win this thing. So let's dig into. Let's dig into what this what the state Supreme Court, the Arkansas Supreme Court, actually did on Thursday. We got some pull quotes. So in their review, they said Oh, and let me back up the liberty they took here, what happened was some parents, some parents had sued the Bentonville School District, okay? Some parents had sued the Bentonville School District over the mask mandate. And, pardon me, I didn't mean to do that. And they were granted a temporary restraining order by a, um, a circuit court saying, hey, we'll grant you this restri- temporary restraining order saying Bentonville cannot put the mask mandate into effect for your kids from three years old through 12th grade. So the Bentonville School District appealed the temporary restraining order to the Arkansas Supreme Court. So the Arkansas Supreme Court is going to act like they're not dealing with the underlying issue of the mask mandate and just get rid of the temporary restraining order. But The problem is they are dealing with the underlying issue of the mask mandate. Now, I keep on hearing that We have three conservatives, three liberals on the Arkansas Supreme Court and one guy in the middle. It can't be the case. It can't. Because four of these justices ruled the wrong way. Only one, Barbara Webb, God bless her, dissented. And two abstained. So. So. Having said that, that that sets up the context for what happened here. So here's what the Supreme Court is saying in their ruling. They said that in reviewing what they're going to do here, they said we must first determine whether the school district's policy has a real or substantial relation, quoting Leslie Rutledge, to the public health crisis caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. They say here in the face coverings section of its safe schools plan, the Bentonville School District acknowledged that, quote, the CDC currently recommends the wearing of masks in school settings, unquote. Okay, here's the problem. The CDC does not have the force of law. That's number one. Number two, the Secretary of Education, Johnny Key, and the Chief Epidemiologist for the State of Arkansas, health department have both admitted masks don't work anyway, but I digress Arkansas state Supreme court says additionally, the district emphasized in its safe school plan that it followed the policy recommendations of its reopening task force, which was composed in part of medical professionals, its personnel policy committee the district administration, and the directives of the Arkansas Department of Health and the governor. What does that have to do with anything? They're ignoring science. Masks don't work. We all know it. They're ignoring science. But I digress. <clears throat> Supreme Court ruling continues. Arkansas Supreme Court, not U.S. <clears throat> Further, Bentonville School Superintendent Jones stated in her affidavit that the school board had heard from parents, students, and medical professionals, including several pediatricians and family practitioners who favored implementing a mask policy and that she recommended the policy based on recommendations from the CDC, the American Academy of Pediatrics, and the Arkansas Department of Education. Oh, is that the same Arkansas Department of Education who admitted that masks don't work? Yes, it would. The court says, thus we conclude that the district's policy supports a, quote, real or substantial relation, unquote, to protecting the student's health during the COVID-19 pandemic. You conclude it based on people's opinions and not on medical science. How dare you? Okay, the second inquiry they're talking about here is whether the Bentonville school district's policy was beyond all question a plain, palpable invasion of the parents' rights. Well, of course it was. They say, parents do have a liberty interest in shaping their child's education. And they quote a 1972 U.S. Supreme Court case, Wisconsin v. Yoder, invalidating a Wisconsin statute requiring Amish children to attend public school to age 16 against the wishes of the parents. But then they say, but the court has also held that our government has a wide range of power for limiting parental freedom and authority in things affecting the child's welfare. And they quote Prince versus Massachusetts, a U.S. Supreme Court ruling in 1944. They say in that ruling, The court stated, "Acting to guard the general interest in youth's well-being, the state, as parens patria, may restrict the parents' control by requiring school attendance, regulating or prohibiting the child's labor, and in many other way, many other ways." Okay, so I had to look up parens patriae because you know I'm not the uh, not the sharpest knife in the firmament, not the brightest bulb in the drawer. You know what I'm saying? It means the government or any other authority regarded as the legal protector of citizens unable to protect themselves. So, the Arkansas State Supreme Court is ignoring the fact that masks are harmful to small children and that masks don't work, and they are taking upon themselves the role as someone, an entity, to protect children from their parents. That's uh, that's horrific. They continue. The court has repeatedly stressed that schools at times stand in loco parentis, in other words, in place of the parents. And they cite some cases on that. Arkansas Supreme Court says, Thus, in light of this precedent and without delving into the underlying merits of the parents' ongoing claims, we hold that the district's policy is not, beyond all question, a plain palpable violation of the parents' constitutional rights to care for the children. Yes, see, but you are delving into the underlying merits of the parents' ongoing claims. You've already said, well, the CDC disagrees with them, Arkansas Department of Health, uh, Department of Education disagrees with them, American Academy of Pediatrics disagrees with them, so, uh, you know, the heck with them. They can take a long walk off short pier. You are delving into the underlying merits of the parents' ongoing claims. So you're lying for dis- four, uh, judges who signed this decision. They say, next, the parents' petition alleged that the district lacked the authority to issue its policy. In their prayer for relief, the parents stated that the, quote, Face coverings mandate is void and unenforceable as having been issued by the district without legal authority, unquote. Additionally, in their motion for the temporary restraining order, the parents stated, quote, given that the district acted illegally in issuing its policy on August 11, 2021, to include the face coverings mandate generally applicable to all students despite the adverse will of the parents. The parents have herein demonstrated the likelihood of success on the merits of their underlying matter, unquote. Arkansas Supreme Court continues. They say the Arkansas Constitution states that the state shall ever maintain a general suitable an efficient system of free public schools and shall adopt all suitable means to secure to the people the advantages and opportunities of education. Quoting there from the Arkansas Constitution. Then they say that this court, Arkansas Supreme Court, has held the school districts are political subdivisions of the state. And they reference several different Arkansas Supreme Court decisions. They say as creatures of statutes, school districts may only act through a board of directors, and they have some court decisions on that. They said in Fortman versus Texacana School District, nineteen seventy four, this court stated that school directors have implied powers as well as express powers. They say, we also stated the school directors are authorized not only to exercise the powers that are expressly granted by statute, but such powers will be implied when the exercise thereof is clearly necessary to enable them to carry out and perform the duties legally imposed upon them. Now, they then say, we opined that In this state, a broad discretion is vested in the board of directors of each school district in the matter of directing the operation of the schools. And they have reference to more more court decisions. And then they say to see Arkansas Code 615-1002, providing that school districts must provide a safe, efficient, and accountable program. They say, further, our statutes allow for schools' broad authority to determine its policies. And they say that a different place in Arkansas Code authorizes the board to provide no less than a general, suitable, and efficient system of free public schools and do all other things necessary and lawful for the conduct of efficient, free public schools in the school district. They also talk about another place in Arkansas State Law that says providing the schools must have safe and functional facilities. So they say, based on this precedent, we conclude that the district properly authorized its mask mandate policy. Again, they say, without delving into the underlying merits of the parents' ongoing claims, we conclude that the parents... As the moving parties have failed to demonstrate a likelihood of success on the merits. But you are exactly delving into the underlying merits of the parents' ongoing claims. That's exactly what you're doing. You're lying. If you're saying that a mass mandate is to protect the health of, of children, you are striking at the root of the parents' claims, however much you deny it. And you're wrong, by the way. They say, thus we hold that the circuit court abused its discretion in finding that the district policy violates the plaintiff's constitutional rights and was enacted without proper authority. So then you got a concurrence from the special justice, Howard W. Brill. He's like, yeah, I agree, but I want to say this too. He says, parents have a right to be informed about the education of their children, have a right to be Heard on school matters such as curriculum, textbooks, and masks, but the right to be kept informed and the right to be heard are fundamentally different from a right to make the decision themselves or a right to selectively abide by some decisions. Parents do not have a constitutional right to micromanage the operation of the schools. Hey, you don't have a right to put face diapers on three-year-olds either, you knucklehead. He says the school board decides whether to impose a dress code whether to have indoor or outdoor physical activities, whether to prohibit certain attire, whether to have a longer or shorter lunch period, when to give examinations, whether to offer extracurricular activities, whether to offer agriculture or sports medicine programs, and whether in the interest of public health to require masks. If parents are dissatisfied with the school board decisions, they have a remedy. It is the ballot box. Oh, so he's like, hey, if you don't like it, vote us out. Well, see, this guy's a special justice. I don't even know why he was on the Supreme Court. He was never voted in. That's outrageous. All right, now, let me tell you, there is one justice on the Arkansas Supreme Court that got it right. Barbara W. Webb dissented. And she should be applauded for this, greatly applauded for this. She's the only justice on the state Supreme Court that got it right. And I will be sharing with you what she said In mere moments, but first, we are so thankful for our advertisers that make it possible for us to do what we do here on the Doc Washburn Show. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including... Your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, Make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high copays pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays, And then that big, beautiful red button that says schedule, call now. You click on the red button. You book a free consultation with my friend, Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401K or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement, call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right. So the Arkansas State Supreme Court did a horrible thing. They announced that uh, it doesn't matter what parents think. Doesn't matter. School district can do whatever they want. They will put masks on a three year old, make it impossible for them to learn how to speak English. That's just fine with the four justices on the Arkansas State Supreme Court that ruled Thursday. Again, again, my opponent, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, won't talk about it. She can't say a word about it. She doesn't want to upset the chamber. And and Walmart and Tyson, but I'm talking about it. And God bless Barbara Webb for being the lone dissenter. Let me tell you what she said. She said a temporary restraining order is not supposed to be reversed on appeal unless there is an abuse of discretion. And she is citing Arkansas court cases. City of Jacksonville versus Smith, 2018. And Baptist self versus Murphy, 2006. She said, we are not supposed to delve into the merits of the case further than is necessary to determine whether the circuit court exceeded its discretion in granting the injunction. So again, She's saying what I've been saying. You say you're not delving into the merits of the case, but you're delving into the merits of the case. She says, an abuse of discretion means a discretion improvidently exercised or exercised thoughtlessly and without due consideration. Uh, got to look this up. Improvidently, I kind of think I know what it means, but let's make sure. Um lacking foresight, incautious, unwary. Okay. Very good. And she has a number of court cases on that one. Again, an abuse of discretion means a discretion improvidently exercised or exercised thoughtlessly and without the consideration. She backs it up. By referring to Valley versus Phillips County Election Commission, 2004, Southern Farm Bureau, um, Cass Company versus Daggett, 2003, Ford Motor Company versus Knuckles, 1995, and Nazarenko versus CTI Trucking Company, 1993, all these Arkansas cases. She said this standard of review by design is deferential to the circuit court's findings supporting the injunction. She cites Arkansas State Highway Commission versus Cutrell, 1978, with the quote: discretion means that the rules are not inflexible, that there is some leeway in the exercise of sound judgment. Barbara Webb says this deference in her in her dissent now, Barbara Webb says. This deference allows the circuit court to continue weighing the ultimate issues without having an appellate court substitute its judgment at an early stage of the underlying litigation. All right, the appellate court in this case being the Arkansas State Supreme Court. In other words, she says you're not allowing the circuit court to continue considering... The parents' case here. You're overruling the circuit court before they can even rule on the parents' case by getting rid of the temporary restraining order. This is outrageous what the Arkansas State Supreme Court is doing. Because, in my mind, in my opinion, and you're entitled to it, they're in a power trip. They want masks on three-year-olds just like Asa Hutchinson wants masks on three-year-olds. And the law be damned. That's how they're acting. But I digress. Justice Barbara Webb continues, The majority and concurrence fail to give deference to the circuit court and have reached deep into case law to support a finding that not only prejudges the issues below, but snuffs out the constitutional rights of fit people to parent their children. But she continues. She says, all that is required to support an injunction is a reasonable likelihood of success on the merits and the threat of irreparable harm. She cites city of Jacksonville, 2018, Arkansas ruling, Arkansas Department of Human Services versus Ledgerwood, 2017. She said the sole question before us is whether the circuit court departed from the rules and principles of equity in making the order and not whether we would have made the same order. She says this this analysis should have started with the circuit court's multiple findings in support of both a reasonable probability of success on the merits and irreparable harm. But obviously it didn't. She says in the circuit court's thoughtful eight-page order, it specifically found that there was no statutory authority for the school board to mask children for health purposes and the power to make health regulations for children resided with the executive branch. The circuit court also found that the school board created policies beyond the scope of its statutory power. Historically, A reasonable likelihood of success exists when the government is challenged for acting ultra-virus. Okay, I had to look that one up too. Ultra-virus means acting beyond one's legal power or authority. Okay? So historically, a reasonable likelihood of success exists when the government is challenged for acting above and beyond its legal authority and power, and there's evidence of the same. So Barbara Webb's dissent continues. She says, its specific findings supporting irreparable harm included that the parents absolutely have a constitutional liberty interest in the care and custody of their children under the Arkansas Constitution. The parents' liberty interest in the care and custody of their children is being infringed upon by the school district, which is a governmental entity, a political subdivision. And the next issue is whether or not the school district has the authority to impose the limitation on the parents' constitutional rights. This limitation being, of course, the masking requirement. If the school district has that authority, the parents have failed to show irreparable harm They have failed to show likelihood of success on the merits. If the school district does not have that authority, the parents have met their burden on both. End of quote from the circuit court. Now, Barbara Webb's dissent continues. She says, a violation of a constitutional right is deemed irreparable harm for purposes of injunctive relief. And she quotes L. Rod versus Burns, 1976, U.S. Supreme Court decision. Also, an Eighth Circuit decision of 1977, Planned Parenthood of Minnesota versus Citizens for Community Action, in which the uh, Circuit Court, Eighth Circuit, declared the interference with constitutional rights supports the finding of, of irreparable injury. She also refers to Overstreet versus Lexington Fayette Urban County Government, a Sixth Circuit decision from 2002, which says denial of an injunction will cause irreparable harm if the claim is based upon a violation of the plaintiff's constitutional rights. And last but not least, she refers to Jolly versus Coughlin, Second Circuit decision from 1996 which says presumption of irreparable injury flows from a violation of constitutional rights. Now she said this was the reasoning the majority and the concurrence of the Arkansas State Supreme Court should have considered to determine if the circuit court's injunction was equitable. Instead of reviewing the circuit court's order to determine if it was thoughtful and provident, they deep They dive deep into a wide swath of law and analysis to answer a question about constitutional rights before that question was even fully litigated. In other words, they're running roughshod over the circuit court in Arkansas, which hasn't even issued an opinion yet. She says, while it is improper to delve into the merits of, at this stage in litigation, I refuse to ignore the majority's flawed analysis. She says the wearing of a face mask for health purposes has nothing to do with education. She says instead the face mask policy is a health decision and not an educational one. While the school board is required to do all things necessary and lawful for the conduct of efficient, free public schools in the school district, this does not give the school district the ability to override a fit parent's health decision for his or her child. And she refers to Arkansas Code 613-620. She says, Neither the power of a parent nor that of the school board to direct a child's education is absolute and unfettered. And she refers to Stevenson versus Blyville School District, 8th Circuit decision from 2015. She says, to remedy the balanced interests, the majority, and the concurrence, Arkansas Supreme Court, are creating power for the school board where it did not previously exist at the expense of the parents. Amen, sister. That's exactly what they're doing. They're legislating for the bench. It's outrageous. Barbara Webb's dissent continues, a school board is created by statute and its power is expressly limited by statute. And she again refers to Arkansas Code. She says, additionally, the power to create health regulations rests with the executive branch and the health department, not a school board. Again, she references Arkansas state law. She says, instead of viewing the board's limited power to provide an efficient and free education, the majority and the concurrence legislate To the Board, Unlimited Control of Children in Public School. Using this broad interpretation of the statute, decisions about a child's health care, medication, and gender identity will fall under the school board's power to mandate in the name of an efficient and free education. She says equating health decisions for children to uniforms, cosmetics, and playground rules erodes the rightful freedom of parents' while further empowering government control. She says, President Reagan was wise to warn us of the terrifying nature of government regulation done under the guise of help. In other words, President Reagan said, um, the most terrifying words in America are, hi, I'm here from the government, I'm here to help. Barbara Webb's dissent continues, Our Constitution and Bill of Rights were written to maximize personal freedom by restraining the government from infringing on our God-given rights. The majority, in this case, applies the clearly erroneous standard to complicitly empower the government to restrain fit parents' fundamental right to make health-related decisions for their child. The concurrence to the majority opinion, also endorses limited personal rights in favor of big government because the remedy may be only a few short years away, possibly at the ballot box. Barbara Webb's dissent continues. She says, A child is not the mere creature of the state. And she refers to the Arkansas case Linder versus Linder from 2002 and Troxel versus Granville from 2000. She says parents have a fundamental right under the 14th Amendment and prohibiting state intrusion on on parenting their child. She says neither the state's parents patriae power, in other words standing in lieu of the parents, nor its police power may be exercised absent a determination that parental decisions will will or may harm the child. And there she refers to the US Supreme Court US Supreme Court in the uh, in, in regarding visitation of Troxel 1999 decision. She says parental rights are undermined if they are only respected by the state when it agrees with the parental decisions that flow from those rights. Wow. Let me say that again in case you didn't catch it. She says parental rights are undermined if they're only respected by the state of Arkansas when the state agrees with the parental decisions that flow from those rights. She said the majority and concurrence in this case ignore the circuit circuit court's findings and substitute their own judgment on appeal before the factual Issues have even been litigated, ignoring the chilling effects of their holdings to the case on remand. In other words, what what is the circuit court supposed to do now that you've already ruled against them before they've even ruled in the case? She says, judicial oversight is meant to be an effective check on election dictatorship and a guardian of civil liberties. People should not have to wait until they cast a ballot to enforce or reclaim those liberties. Fit parents have a fundamental constitutional right to make health-related decisions for their children. A school board is not permitted to infringe on a fit parent's health decisions for his or her child by imposing a mandate that is beyond its authority and also infringes on constitutional rights long recognized by this court and the United States Supreme Court. For these reasons... I respectfully dissent. Wow. Just wow. She got it right. And she's the only one that did. She got it right. And she's the only one that did. That's amazing. That's shocking, frankly. It is shocking. All right, coming up, it is Easter weekend, and there's a lot I want to say about that. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations, and he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton, make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas... Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit JustinMintonLaw.com today. And I'd like to help you with some health issues. Do you have migraines? Neck pain? Back pain? Vertigo? Acid reflux? Eczema? Problems with your blood sugar? Maybe even hay fever? Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. care. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turn mypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. All right, now, having said all that, before we get to uh, my thoughts on Easter weekend, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA. that believes in freedom, including your freedom, to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online and have it delivered to your front door no matter where you live, anywhere in the continental United States of America. Okay. Today's tweet of the day is from the great Banshee over at Red State. He says Liberals say it's not illegal to claim asylum after crossing the border. His response? Yeah, and it's not illegal to claim asylum after punching someone in the face either. No one ever said claiming asylum itself is illegal, but it is illegal to cross the border at a non-port of entry. There you go. All right, now, since I haven't had a chance to speak with you since Thursday, I want to share with you some thoughts about Good Friday And then on my next podcast, share with you some thoughts about Easter. The great the great Ken Kukla. let me see if I can say his name right. The great Ken Klukowski over at Breitbart.com. Article entitled Christians Observe Good Friday twenty twenty two quote, the place called the skull, there they crucified him, unquote. And he starts his article, quoting from Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Brother Ken says Christians worldwide are observing Good Friday today. That was Friday. The solemn anniversary of Jesus of Nazareth being executed on a wooden cross, on a hill, outside the walls. Of Jerusalem in Israel in the year 8030. This is one of the two pivotal days of Holy Week, with the other being Easter Sunday. Christians believe that this was an act of sacrifice of a perfect and sinless person who died in the place of imperfect people to pay for their sins, securing eternal salvation for them. He says, In an increasingly secular society, many people are not familiar with the historical accounts of the death of Jesus. The Bible contains four of them. From the Gospel, according to Luke, we read, Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him, neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. But they all cried out together, away with this man and release to us Barabbas. A man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection starting for a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. So Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, Why? Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that were never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him, and when they came to the place that is called the Skull, there they crucified him. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him which read, read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action And he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. It was a day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. That's Luke 2313 through 56 on our next podcast. Having spoken about Good Friday we'll speak about Easter. And then Ken Klukowski finishes his article by quoting from Matt Boswell, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. The quote, Come behold the wondrous mystery, Christ the Lord upon the tree. In the stead of ruined sinners hangs the Lamb in victory. See the price of our redemption. See the Father's plan unfold, bringing many sons to glory, grace unmeasured, love untold. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful article, and we'll have a beautiful Article about Easter to share with you on the next podcast. In the meantime, you've been listening to episode 129 of the all new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible. Directed by Mick Messy, this has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the All New Doc, Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions. Seventh floor of the Ephemeral B Smooth Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier of the Tenth. Well, that's the way it is. Sunday, april seventeenth, twenty twenty two.